let's go back, like way back, tens of millions of years ago. There was rock and there was water. Two elemental forces shaping Northwestern Colorado and the Yampa River Valley, even today. This entire region sits on the Colorado Plateau. And like a bubble on the Earth's surface, it's slowly rising, even now. Over the course of millennia, the Yamba River cuts through this rising rock like a hot knife. It forms deep canyons and dramatic formations. It's created fertile soil for plants and wildlife. Dinosaurs roamed here. Then, the first native and indigenous people, the Ute and the Eastern Shoshone arrived. Ute tradition holds that Sanaf, a half-man, half-wolf god, kept the world in balance. As he walked, he molded humans out of sticks and scattered them across the landscape. He placed his creations across what is today Utah and Western Colorado telling them to go forth and roam the beautiful mountains. They did so for thousands of years before white homesteaders forcibly displaced them in their pursuit of land, furs, and gold. Today, the Yampa is one of the last wild rivers in the American West without a large dam. Its water is a lifeline for this region. And no one appreciates the Yampa's transformative power more than Tom Kleinschnitz. Fifty years ago, my life changed. I found the Yampa River, and that was it. That's all there was to it. It's almost strange meeting Tom on land, given how much he seems at home on the water. His deeply weathered features have soaked up decades' worth of sun and spray. The creases around his eyes reflect a lifetime of studying the river's every detail. A natural storyteller, he lights up as he remembers the moment his own journey began in June of 1971. I saved all through the winter to go on a raft trip when I was a kid. And uh, I grew up in the Denver area and uh, jumped on a school bus in Arvada, Colorado, and made my way across the state of Colorado in the school bus. The trip was arduous. The bus was old, and in its lowest gear, it strained over the mountain passes as he headed west. We left at eight o'clock in the evening and arrived about seven o'clock the next morning. I remember we got to Craig in the early morning hours and it was really just kind of dusky and that kind of thing. And just the greeting was a welcome to Craig and it had four uh, pillars of natural gas blowing these flames up into the air. It was so different to me than what I had experienced as a kid growing up in, in Denver. Finally, Tom arrived in town. His brother was with him. They walked down to the river they had heard so much about. I reached in, and clearly at that time, the water's got to be freezing cold. But it felt hot. 
I don't know what it was, but it felt hot. And I pulled back and my brother gave me a hard time. What are you doing down there? I said, I'm seeing what we're in for. And he said, ah, you, you know, you know, like brothers do, give you a hard time. About two minutes later, I saw him down on his knees, checking out, putting his arm in the water, trying to figure out what we're getting ourselves into. But that connection at that moment, I can tell you, I remember it to this day. And it, um, it's kind of nice to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's uh, dedicated to that creek and, and figuring out what river running is all about. So I'm connected to this, this uh, piece of water like no one. Tom's moment of discovery sparked a love that never faded. For years afterward, he made overnight drives from Denver to Craig and a 65 Buick Skylark. He joined a local rafting outfitter and never looked back. So I started as a swamper kid that washed all the pots and did everything to make, make my way so I get to go on river trips. I worked for the company for quite a number of years and then with the help of my grandfather and, and some pointed help from the former owner, I purchased Adventure Bound River Expeditions. Ran it for 33 years. Today, he's the director of tourism for Moffat County, which includes Craig. On my business card, I put Moffat County Advocate, and I think that's the number one goal of what I am. I'm a person that promotes responsible tourism to my community, but second, I, I want to make sure that the people that come here know how precious and wonderful this place is. There's one particular section of the river that still takes his breath away. Steamboat Rock is right there at the confluence of the Yampa and Green Rivers. That is a, a 1,500-foot straight wall of sandstone that is a sliver that the mighty Yampa River could not conquer, and it has to go around it in a giant horseshoe. There's something transcendent about being at that spot. Many people say that that is the center of the universe. And I tell you, as the director of tourism from Moffat County, having the center of the universe right in your county is a wonderful thing to promote. Tom knows that transition is coming. He knows that coal is going away. In 10 years, Craig might look very different. But Tom thinks on even longer timescales. We have to make long-term decisions for our community and our region. We have to think generations down the line. What is this place going to look like in 100 years? What is this place going to look like in 500 years? What are we going to leave the people that are on this planet a thousand years from now? And how will it look? I think we all need to, you know, there, there's some dramatic things happening with a coal industry that wasn't here 50 years ago, and now it's going to be gone again. In geologic time, 50 years is a whisper. It is something that is nothing. We need to be thinking in terms of what do we want our community to look like for our kids or grandkids? And that's what we have to do. And the sense of urgency for me is because I'm toward the end of my career, and I'd like to accomplish a lot of this in a short period of time. But I've realized right now that what I need to do is plant seeds with the next generations to say how important this is and what we have needs to be passed on.
This is Coal at Sunset, a Colorado town in transition. Presented by the Institute for Science and Policy at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. I'm your host, Kristen Uhlenbrock. Last episode, we heard from Craig's next generation. We looked at the role of the nearby community college in retraining coal workers and attracting new students to programs like aviation and paleontology. We looked at the role of the local art community. Everywhere we went, we found new emerging opportunities. For one local entrepreneur, that opportunity is tied directly to the Yampa River. We visited Josh Feenstra at Good Vibes River Gear, his outdoor gear shop on the main drag in downtown Craig. And we manufacture some of the best river mesh products on the planet. Today, Josh is working through a stack of orders for his custom rafting gear bags. I'm sitting at, in front of an industrial sewing machine and I'm making, I make custom drop bags for people. And so they come and they order their colors and then their webbing. And right now I'm getting ready to install the final band or there's two bands that go on the inside around the top edge. Josh's story could be a model for other entrepreneurs as Craig shifts away from coal production. I was born and raised in Craig. My grandpa, Bob Richardson, he was one of the first scraper operators to start pulling land off of Trapper Mine. He worked there for like 30, 35 years. My dad worked out at Trapper for 25 years. I worked out at the plant for about five years. And I was about the only dude that would go out and help the insulator sew these uh, custom insulation pads that go around high pressure steam valves. So you have to go measure a steam valve, cut out material and then basically build it in the shop, sew it on a sewing machine and then go tie it onto these valves. And I was just like, man, I want to do this for a living. When a promotion came up at the plant, Josh was passed over for someone with more seniority. He felt held back. Then, just like Tom, he found inspiration on the Yampa. I did a big rafting trip and in the middle of it, I was like, I'm just gonna start my own company when I go home. And uh, went home, quit my job and started sewing river gear. And uh, it just took that transition, that skill that I learned out at the power plant that they told me that this was as good as life was gonna ever get for me. And I was like, I wouldn't take that for as my answer. I was like, no, I'm gonna be controlling my own destiny. And that's when I, on that trip, I was just like, let's do it. and. Uh, my other buddy, he works for a power plant. He watched me sew a couple buckles on. He's like, you should go ask for your job back. <laughs> and it was kind of like, man, maybe I should. But I just, I had this dream and I wasn't going to slow down. And I just kept sewing and sewing and sewing. And now I can turn out, you know, five or six of these bags a day. And uh, which can't even keep up with the demand on where we're at with our company. A successful transition for Craig might hinge on more people taking a chance like Josh did. I started in my garage about four years, five years ago and worked out of there. And then I just kind of grew and was in a little shop up the road a bit and then just kind of expanded. And the downtown area, the lady that had ran the business here for so long was moving. And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for us to move. And uh, I'm so glad we did my... My wife was who made us move. I was like, I don't want to do it. So much work. And yeah. And uh, so she made us move. And then within, I think it was two months later, there was like nothing in here. Governor Polis came to visit. 
And so I had to do a mad push to build my tables and put trim up and uh, it turned out to be really good. And from that momentum from that season has just continued for about two years now and we're in our best year ever and I don't see it slowing down until I want to slow down and that's not going to happen. With the coal plant now scheduled to close, he says he's hearing more stories like his own. You kind of see the welders out there. Uh, I talked to a couple of them. I'm like, so what are you going to do when they close up? Are you going to move to down to Texas or wherever the company needs, needs them to move? And he's like, nope, I'm going to start welding custom handrails up in Steamboat. We've been here for a while, and it is so cool to see one industry brought us here, but another industry is going to keep us here. It's been a dream come true, I'll tell you that much. American dream right here. (laughs) It's easy to fall in love with the Yampa. It's a beautiful part of the natural landscape. It's a potential economic powerhouse for a town that needs one. But the river is also under threat. 2021 was one of Craig's warmest and driest summers of the last 30 years. Water levels dropped so low in some sections that even kayaks couldn't float down it. For Tom, that's a flashing red warning sign. One hot day in mid-July, we spoke with him at the Yampa River State Park, just east of Craig. My uniform is cowboy boots every business day. He walked us down to the banks and shook his head at what he saw. Looking at the river, right now we're in drought conditions. And these are years that happen just once in every 20 years or who knows. This should not be this low at this time. So we're looking at whatever's happened to our climate, whatever's happened to water use, whatever's happening out there. The river can be in jeopardy, particularly at this time. And that puts fish in jeopardy and puts a lot of other things in jeopardy, including our wonderful agriculture industry here. Tom has seen this river nearly every day for decades. And his observations match the latest state climatological data. Here's Colorado Public Radio. Colorado's western slope is considered a climate hotspot where temperatures are increasing faster than the global average. This warming has contributed to more than 20 years of dryness, which scientists are calling a mega drought. We have uh, a lot of people in our community that really uh, don't believe climate change is a reality. Um, In my opinion, uh, climate change is here. Uh, It's an evidence with my own personal life experience with being somebody that I consider an outdoorsman and have watched what the water has done, what the temperatures are like over my lifetime. Um, I've hunted in this community for many, many decades. The falls are without question much warmer and drier than they were when I was a younger person. There is no way that there hasn't been some kind of average change that has occurred here. There is no way that uh, people should be looking at this, that something isn't happening. As I listened to Tom, I couldn't help but think about how climate change is such a divisive topic here on the Western Slope. But the river is not. 
we see the realities right here in front of us. Farmers know, ranchers know, outdoor enthusiasts know. Craig needs the river more than ever. But the Yampa's flow has dropped by 25% over the past century. What happens if it keeps dropping? What would it mean to protect it with the same vigor that many defend coal? Could it be a new identity? A new way of life? As he so often does, Tom reminisces about the past. Sometimes he finds helpful lessons there. I did business in in Grand County, Utah, Moab, Utah, as a young businessman. When I, I came to that town, and after I purchased Adventure Bound River Expeditions in 1983, I went to a BLM meeting there. And during lunch, I, I walked down the street, and three quarters of every residence was for sale or foreclosed on, bank foreclosure. It was a place that was just in the, in the doldrums of a bad place. The economy was, it was going to heck because the mills had just shut down. And uh, it was tough. I have a Park Service friend that bought a house down in Moab, Utah for $17,000. It was a, a time for, well, I guess opportunity. But what happened after that was, we'll take whatever we can get and let's just build this place out. I'm not sure that we want to be like Moab, Utah. We have a canvas here in Moffat County that we can think about our future. What is the best way to have people travel through our community? What's the best places for them to play? What are places that we should not have open for people to play? We have a lot of wilderness areas here. We have a lot of different uh, land management agencies that manage the land differently. We need to embrace them, work with them, and get it right, because this is the time to do it. There's more in Craig than many even realize. As Tom alluded to, outdoor recreation doesn't have to stop at the water's edge. Hiking, biking, off-roading. He can picture that new future very clearly. But some in town still can't see past the coal plant. The coal mines, I think some people I was at a public meeting uh, a few weeks ago. One of the, the constituents stepped up and said, see those power plants out there south of town? They're not going anywhere. People are crazy. This is not gonna change. People need that electricity and that is not going away. That kind of denial will be there until I guess they close. There will be people in our community that will not accept the change that's coming. There are people that have already uh, understand that's coming and making adjustments to their business plans and doing other things that are important, flexible things that need to happen. And there are some that will see it when it happens. As we spoke, I sensed Tom was choosing his words delicately. Those are his friends, his neighbors, and he feels for their loss but he knows it's time to move on. It's possible to grieve for something, even while still embracing the new possibilities it creates. The coal plant provided electricity to our our state and our region 
for quite a number of years and helped develop our state. It was a critical element for a while. How we produce electricity is evolving and the consequences of that are being made evident in, in coal production. We produce the cleanest electricity with coal that we have in the time on Earth. There is no way that you can't say what's happening up at Tri-State right now isn't the cleanest coal production ever. It's just not clean enough. There are alternatives that will, will change things. But the market is what's really changing things. And so there's a tragedy in that. There is an absolute tragedy in that. The other side of it is we need to find other ways to, to make a living. And, and, um, and by gosh, I hope we do. And I hope uh, our families and, and Craig find those adjustments and stay right here and, and help make our, our community viable. Along the riverbank, the mid-morning heat is starting to build. We start to turn back toward the ranger station. With his gaze somewhere far away, he returned to his story about Moab. But I, I went back to that story in Moab, Utah. My friend that bought a house for $17,000 because it was up for auction. It was a, a foreclosure and he bought a beautiful home for $17,000. I think of the family that lost that home. We don't want that to happen here. We have to think about the transition. We have to think about not driving away the people that have lived here forever and having newcomers come in and like vultures sweep down on what we have on the carcass of what's here. We need to think about the transition. Tom looks out at the Yampa again. Beautiful place. There's something about being next to the river. It just does big stuff for you. episode of Coal at Sunset, we'll take one last look at Craig. How will it change by the end of the decade? How will this story impact the rest of Colorado? And what do the residents really want for their future? Be sure to subscribe to this series wherever you get your podcasts. was created by the Institute for Science and Policy, a project of the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, produced in partnership with House of Pod. I'm your host, Kristen Uhlenbrock. The show was written by Trent Noss. Our producer is Juliette Luini. Our executive producers are Trent Noss and me, Kristen Uhlenbrock. Our field recorders are Nicole Delaney and Juliette Luini. Our story editor is Katherine Jaffe. Sound design and mastering by Jason Patton. Graphic design by Nicole Dodlinger. Web design by Carlos Mosqueda. Special thanks to George Sparks and the town of Craig, Colorado. To hear bonus clips and find additional resources, visit 
cole at sunset.org.